Hi, my name is Queen Zoya Counts, and I would like to welcome you to my podcast, Evil Lives Amongst Us, African American True Crime. Yes, I love true crime stories, but very seldom do I hear true crime stories about African Americans. So I created this podcast to share with my listeners about the true crimes that African Americans commit. So sit back, lend me your ears, and listen to some of the most horrendous crimes committed by African Americans. Hi, my name is Queen Zoya Counts and I would like to welcome you to my podcast, Evil Lives Amongst Us, True Crimes of African Americans. Today, I want to talk to you about a suspected serial killer named Michael Madison. Michael Madison was born October 15, 1977, and he is a convicted serial killer and sex offender from East Cleveland, Ohio, who is known to have committed the murders of at least three women over a nine-month period between the years of 2012 and 2013. He was arrested and charged with the crimes in 2013 and in 2016, he was sentenced to death. Michael is currently being held on death row. Michael's parents were Diane Madison and John Baldwin, and they said that Michael was an accidental pregnancy. However, John Baldwin, he has denied that he was the father and had no contact with Madison. Madison's mother was very abusive and his mother's boyfriend had also abused him. And he will later go on to admit that he had mixed feelings over something that happened to his mom. And we'll get into that a little bit later. He was arrested on July 19, 2013. Police responded to reports of a foul odor, investigated a garage leased to Madison, and discovered a decomposing body lying inside. Two more bodies were found the following day, one in a backyard and the other in the basement of a vacant house. The bodies of the three women were found 100 yards to 200 yards apart and were each wrapped in plastic bags. After obtaining a search warrant, police entered his apartment and found further evidence of decomposition. After a brief standoff with police at his mother's house, Madison was taken into custody without incident. The three women that he was accused of killing were Shatisha Sheely, who was 28, Angela Deskins, 38, and Sherelda Helen Terry, 18 who would in all of these was missing or last seen between September, June and July. So he also was convicted of abuse of a corpse three times, kidnapping, rape, attempted rape, having a weapon under a disability and death. So that 
to, this goes on to say that, you know, he has some type of disability. Something was going on with him mentally because, of course, they always go back to the parents. Like his mother was very abusive. The boyfriend abused him. All of these things had something to do with his mental state, which was causing him to want to kill women. His ex-girlfriend even claimed that he hated women. Now, during this time, and I've already did a, 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 a podcast episode on this guy, Anthony Sowell, he was convicted of murdering. He was tried as a serial killer as well because he killed a number of women. So they was trying to say that maybe the bodies that was found, they belonged to Anthony Sowell. Maybe he was the one that was doing the killer, the killings. Cause here we go. We got two serial killers that's on the loose. So they, you know, they did trying to say, maybe it was this one. Maybe it was that one who knows. Now I want to get back to the mother. So, you know, the mother, she, um, was very abusive to him, allowed the boyfriend to abuse, abuse him. The father didn't even claim him. The father wouldn't have nothing to do with him. We don't know what may have happened or transpired in that relationship. But three years after Michael was convicted, Madison's mother, Diane, was killed at her home on June 22nd, 2019, and she died from multiple stab wounds. Three of her grandchildren were also injured in the attack. Her grandson, 18-year-old Jalen Plummer, was charged with his grandmother's murder and three counts of attempted murder. He pled guilty to all charges and was sentenced in June of 2021 to life in prison with the possibility of parole after 30 years. So if, if, she, and if the grandson killed her, maybe she never got help. You know, she probably was having mental issues. She never got help for abusing Michael. So she just started abusing the grandchildren. You know, she just kept going on with that negative and that bad behavior. But, you know, during this day and time, these teenagers, these young kids ain't playing that shit. So he killed his grandma and he did injure the other grandchildren in the process. And he pleaded guilty to doing that. That is crazy. So on October 31st, 2013, Madison's attorney, David Grant, entered a not guilty plea to an updated indictment that included sexual motivated, aggravated murder charges. Prosecutors had announced that they were now seeking the death penalty, a move his attorney had tried to prevent, but had expected. The 14 count update indictment includes two counts, each of aggregated murder for each victim, three counts of kidnapping, three counts of gross abuse of a corpse, one count of rape, one count of weapons possession by an ex-convict. And he had originally been registered as a sex offender in 2002 after serving four years for an attempted rape and having had previous drug convictions in 2000 and 2001. Oh my goodness. Like what the hell was going on here? Madison's trial began on April 4th. On May 5th, Madison was found guilty in the murders of Sherilda, Shatisha, and Angela. The jury spent less than one day deliberating after returning a guilty verdict on all 13 accounts. But during the sentencing, Madison was seen smirking. And the smirking caused Van Terry, the father of the victim, to lunge at Madison in anger over his daughter's murder. 
but Terry was released without charges. So later on, we'll hear, we're, we will hear a small clipping, a little small snippet of what he did. All these bodies belong to young African-American women. All of them. And he was charged. Like, I see so many of, of these serial killers that are killing, you know, I'm not saying that no lives matter, but they always go after these black women and they're always killing them, finding crack. If they smoke crack, if they're um, prostitutes, they go and kill them. And it goes on to say that the body of Shatisa Shilly was discovered in a weeded lot, two houses from Madison's apartment. And the remains of Angela was discovered in the basement of a vacant house near his house as well. And two of the victims, Terry and Sheely, which, which are the last names of um, Shatisha and Sherelda, they were found to have been strangled. But the cause of Angela's death, they can't determine what was the cause of his death. And during a police interview, yeah, here go Madison. He going to say, yeah, it was Sowell. It was Sowell. He did it. A Cleveland serial killer, according to the East Cleveland mayor. Sowell was convicted of murdering 11 women and dumping their bodies in garbage bags in and around his home in 2009. Aggravated murder is a capital offense in Ohio. It should be a capital offense in all other states as well. But prosecutors have not decided whether they wanted to seek the death penalty, but they ended up doing that. They ended up seeking the death penalty penalty. Madison was confirmed in the same lockup as Ariel Castro, the former school bus driver who pleaded guilty to abducting and holding three young women captive in his home for roughly a decade during which they were starved, beaten and sexually assaulted. So during that time, not only did we have this guy going around killing people, we also had Anthony Sowell, who just recently died. Might I throw that in? going around killing people. And then we had Ariel Castro. Remember that crazy video with that black woman up there talking shit, how he had them women. They even made a movie about it, how he had them women locked up in the basement up here in Cleveland, Ohio. So what the fuck is going on in Cleveland? Like what is in the water? Like what is going on? Like what is making these people do this? Like I'm trying to figure out what is going on. Because before Michael was able to get out of prison, you know, when he got locked up in 2001, he had dragged an 18 year old woman down the East Cleveland street, threw her behind a house and prepared to rape her. Within minutes, a police officer pulled up and he ran. They they arrested him for that. And he was told that he had to undergo a series of treatment after he completed the treatment. He returned to East Cleveland. And though he was a convicted sex offender, he listed his address with the Cahoya, Cahoga County Sheriff's Department at his mother's in Cleveland. Now he's behind bars. And they are saying that this is a statewide trend sexual offenders they need to register and they don't and it's similar to drug offenders and it's similar to a lot of other offenders when these cases come up and it's crazy it is crazy 
And it's also saying that they attributed the cause of death to Sheely to homicidal violence by unspecified means. So they really don't know what happened. And when they went to go arrest him, it was a two hour standoff at his mother's house. He was indicted on rape and aggravated murder charges. And, and so later on, that's when they gave him the death penalty. So, you know, it's like he's facing life first. He, you know, he's facing life in prison, but then they switched it to the death penalty. And they're trying to say that maybe because of Saul, that he was influenced by that particular serial killer and decided to go on the rampage and start killing women himself. And maybe he did that to cover up his rapes, because I don't think that he really got help with his with those with those rapes. They had set his bail at six million dollars. Um, and, and it's just really crazy. And when they found the first body in the garage, they said there was fingerprints. There was a lot of other things that was going on. And they're saying that even though they had found the bodies, um, that the women probably could have been murdered a lot longer than when they found the bodies. It seems like the women vanished, you know, even, you know, even before certain things had happened. And, and then when you look at Ariel Castro, who was a former school bus driver, he had been charged with nearly 1,000 counts of kidnap, rape, and other crimes, and he pleaded not guilty. So these men actually believe that they don't do anything wrong. So it's definitely something that is going on. Like, what is going on in East Cleveland? Cleveland. Like, I rode through Cleveland before. I mean, it was during the snow. It was. It didn't look like a really good area, the area where I was at. But I'm not to say. I'm not saying that everybody is evil in Cleveland. I'm not gonna say that. But what I am going to say is this: We have got to be careful because these three individuals they was minding their business they was being good and then somebody who just looked at them you know what I'm gonna rape you I'm gonna kill you senselessly senselessly I'm gonna do all these things to you these are what 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 happens here because all these serial killers always have this same mo you know they they had a bad bringing up and all of these other things. And there and and Madison even went on to say, you know, that he idolized and he was influenced by Anthony Sowell. He said that. So you're a sick individual. You know, you're you're influenced by what somebody else does because you're thinking this is going to cover cover you up for going out here and raping these women and take and and then killing them. So we got to be careful out here, especially us black women, because there are some things that be going on around us. We, we see somebody walking. We trying to trust this person and some shit happen. Why? Why does it have to happen to us all the time? And like I said, I'm not saying that it don't happen to other people. But at the same time, they keep talking about how he he couldn't socialize with other people. Others got him in trouble. 
He was nomadic by the time he was 16, sleeping anywhere he could, like his mother kicked him out. And at 17 years old, he was just wandering around in the streets. But they're, you know, they're trying to blame this all on his background. And I understand that. I, I get that. His mother rarely invited other children over to play with him, never took him to meet other kids. Holidays and birthdays often pass without any celebration, probably without any gifts. His relationships was just limited to his mother, his transient, you know, the boyfriend who disciplined him and a half brother. And they're saying that in 1980, when he was two years old, child and family services discovered that young Michael's mother had stuffed food down his throat, causing him to vomit. And when he vomited, she put him in a tub of hot water. And when he screamed, she took him out and beat him with an extension cord. But later that year, child and family services were again called to their home. Reports said that he had a large bruise and an injury on his forehead, which was requiring treatment. At that time, he was three. And unfortunately, they placed him with his grandmother, who was a former prostitute and a heroin addict. And then she received counseling. And then while she was receiving her counseling, they put Michael back into the care of his mother. And they're saying that he was a frequent patient at the hospital. He had, he was suffering from dehydration, bruises, scratches on him and his half brother. And they were trapped. They would be trapped with them and they were just abusing them. Like if you, like I've told people before, if you don't want the children, give them up. Don't, don't do that. And so he lashed out at any form of female authority. He hated the female species. He couldn't socialize. He didn't know how to get along with women because he probably hated them based upon what his mother did. And that probably also caused him to have mental illness. He had no foundation to make the proper choices. And he was influenced by a disturbed family tree comprised of generations of physical abusers, sex abusers. So all through his bloodline and his DNA, like he inherited these different types of energies or these different types of, um, I want to say spirits, if you don't mind, um, they, they crossed over into his bloodline and from his mom and then him. And, you know, you growing up thinking, oh, this is the right thing to do when in all reality it's not. And you don't know any better. You don't know, you know, that's why being able to allow your children to interact and socialize and not even abusing them. You still got to give them some type of authority, but at what point does this go overboard? At what point does this go overboard? You know, what point does this go overboard? So it really becomes a huge problem, especially in our community, because we don't really seek out what we need to seek out. So I want you guys to listen to this, um, listen to this clip.
So, basically, the commotion and the noise that you heard was the father, was like one of the victim's father, who actually was up, standing up, talking about um, um, pleading, talking about how in their hearts they're supposed to forgive this clown who touched their families, who who took his child from him. And right when he couldn't take it anymore, he lunged at him and a courtroom just burst into chaos because he's like, I can't sit here and talk calmly like this, knowing that this man killed my child. So there are repercussions to the things that we do. And and a lot of sometimes a lot of people don't think that um, there are that they just sitting in, especially if you sit in a courthouse and when you watch the video, he's sitting in the courthouse with a smug look, you sitting in the courthouse house with a smug look as if you ain't do shit. Like you just a shit, like ain't, ain't shit going to happen to you. And then you got a father thinking about what you did to their daughter. So of course he's going to react and try to beat your ass. Like I would have tried to beat your ass too. In spite of all the problems that you had at home, you still could have got some help. You didn't have to do that. And then for you to get up here and talk about how you, how you idolize Anthony Sobel. Oh, I miss me with that bullshit. Get the fuck out of here. So you're paying for your crime. That's the end of it. That's how it goes. And that's what you do. Peace. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Evil lives amongst us. True crimes of African Americans.